Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show, where we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs, marketers, and agencies to talk about e-commerce, the best strategies and tactics, and what to implement in your own e-com store. Before we jump into this episode, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, here is Danielle with a new episode of our e-commerce podcast and today I'm here with Dilipan and he's the founder of Upscribe and this is a subscription uh, software tool that you can use for uh, Shopify stores and I have a lot of questions to him today because uh, this is a crowded uh, space, I think, uh, subscription tools for Shopify. So I'm really curious how this tool is different and what their strengths are. Hey, Dilipan, I'm happy to have you here. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having us. So we always start with some personal story, and I'm curious about your background as a founder of a software company. What's your background? Is this your first SaaS company or not the first one? What was your initial idea and motivation when you launched this company? Yeah, thank you for that question. Uh, it's my first time founding, but this is my fourth startup. Um, and okay. all the last three were commerce enablement companies. So I've been in this industry and our team has been in the industry for a very long time, working with brands on Shopify and big commerce and back in the day, Magento and other platforms. The, the genesis of the company, uh, I have a background in consumer goods, having worked with Unilever and Pepsi and then got into the technology side and commerce enablement. And the background of the company is that many years ago, I was uh, wanting to launch a brand uh, in the health and wellness space. And we knew the brand would be a most likely a single product, very high um, uh, value and quality product. Uh, in the health and wellness space. And as we looked out into the market to figure out how what solutions we could use to enable subscriptions and really do robust solution management and engagement, we're like, wow, there are no good solutions in the market that are out there. Yeah. And so while we wanted to launch a brand first, we started doing some research. And as we kept going into it, many brands contacted us and said, hey, I know you want to launch a brand, but we have some very, very big pain points because the, the solutions we have to use for subscriptions are not meeting the mark. And so, so many times you hear the same, hey, Dalipan and the team, go build this thing. We'll buy from you. Yeah. You then, it's like a, a sign from the universe, you need to go, go build that thing. So we did. Yeah, yeah. So this was your own e-commerce company? You were saying we, or... we were researching the brand and then we pivoted to actually build a commerce enablement solution. Mm, okay. So you basically you decided to, you know, chase this direction instead of selling physical products. That's right. And to be and to be clear, my background and my team's background is also mostly in commerce enablement. If we had gone down and built a brand company, we would have done, you know, I think we would have done very well over time, but it's also not what we know very well. And we know yeah. commerce enablement very well. This is my fourth company in this space. 
my team, product, marketing, sales, they've all been in the commerce enablement space for over a decade each of us. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you mentioned Magento, so you are not, uh, you know, there are so many young kids who started on Shopify, including myself. So I never, I, I, I mean, I work with other platforms, but my experience is 90% Shopify related. Um, all right. And um, that being said, so there are, you know, other solutions out there. And you said that you couldn't find a good one. But I think, um, you know, there are other ones. And I would mention Recharge because I think that's the most common one. And I wonder how you would compare your solution to that one or, or other competitors in this space. Yeah. So Recharge has been around for a very many years. They were become almost like first to market. Um, and it's a good solution. Um, what Recharge um, does is that they have kind of like the basics in the core application, and then they do a lot of integrations with other uh, solutions. And so a merchant to do, to run a program and enable subscriptions has to use quite a few tools. Yeah. And you may have heard on your, you know, from your own um, work in this space, Merchants are getting more and more tired of having to use so many different solutions to do one one specific thing. Yeah. So we took a more first principles approach and we built a solution where, you know, you integrate with Klaviyo and a few companies, but we're not looking to do the, the merchant to have to require so many different solutions to do one very basic thing. So um, that's the first piece. So it's a much more comprehensive solution out of the box. The second thing, which is really where most people switch from Recharge to our solution, is the end subscriber experience that we provide, they say is much better out of the box. So on Recharge, you get the very basic, but you have to do a lot of work with agencies to like customize and make it look, make it look brand centric or brand mm -hmm. forward. In our solution, that already is it's already there, and then you're just making small tweaks as you grow and scale your business. So that's the, th the third, second thing. And the third piece is really important because service is a really big part of our, our company ethos and values. We are not looking to serve, you know, Recharge works with 15,000 merchants, um, it's, and they work with very big ones and very small ones. It's very hard to, to work with a very big enterprise merchant and a, and a very small SMB merchant. I'm not saying yeah. it's impossible. I'm just saying they have very different needs. We are very focused on fast-growing brands who are very serious about subscriptions. So our goal is not to serve 15,000 merchants. It's to serve the fast-growing brands in the Shopify market. And so because of that, the support and the onboarding we provide is much more tailored and 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 uh, uh, engaged. Very often, companies come to us saying that from the competitors, they're not getting the support that they want to get onboarded and to grow their business. Yeah, I think I visited the website and I could see that you offer uh, what's the right word, like kind of premium or you know very very. Uh you know, you, you are very close to the merchants to figure out things. Your support is very close to them. And uh, with Recharge, it's not always the case. I have my experience with them. And yeah, I can say that too. So that's your approach, right? And mm -hmm. 
I wonder when you mentioned fast growing, how would you define it, fast growing? Yeah, you've been in this space for a while, so I know it, it, you may, this may make sense to you, uh, especially, you know, I find that in the, in the Shopify ecosystem and direct-to-consumer brands, um, some brands, they never break the million revenue mark per year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first point of inflection. Then there's another one around, call it 5 million. Mm-hmm. and another one around 10 million. It's not that we're saying we're only going to work with brands that go from one to five in three months. That's not what we're saying. But yeah. there has to be a growth trajectory, right? And so sometimes a brand will say, no, D2C is just one of our channels. We'll put some marketing spend behind it, but it's not really important to us. That kind of brand is not our focus. Our focus is on brands who understand the value of the direct-to-consumer channel, and they specifically understand subscriptions as a core driver of recurring revenue and growth. And not every brand gets that. Some brands prefer to be on Amazon. Some prefer to just have D2C to say they have it, but you really have to go into buy it in a store in retail. And many of our brands are also in the store and do direct to consumer and you can be omni-channel. I, I don't know any brands nowadays that are not omni-channel, but 10 years ago, it was like, you could only be here or only there and now it's everywhere. But if you are working in direct to consumer, it can't be the, the stepchild. <laughs> it can't be the black sheep on the side. It has to be a core channel for you. And that's who we focus on. Yeah, makes sense. Um... Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned these, uh, you know, sticking points or, or these milestones. I can see very similar ones like uh, 1 million and then 5 and then 10 million. And then, yeah, maybe around 20, 30 million. And after brands, they become retailers as well at some point. So, yeah, it's very interesting. I just posted a YouTube video about this topic. What, what bottlenecks I can see, at, you know, at mm. each step. So it's an interesting topic. Um, let's take one step back and let's talk about subscription itself because I think many merchants, as you said, they don't understand the importance of subscription and how it can grow their business and the customer lifetime value and at the end of the day, the profit that they make. So yeah, yeah, can you just say a few things about subscriptions? Yeah, and let's make it, you know, I find sometimes in the e-commerce world, we try to overcomplicate things because, and, and they end up, you know, you want to be as simple as possible. Let's, let's try to be, I'll try to be as simple as possible and please you hold me to task for that. Okay. Yeah. First principle thinking, right? First principles thinking. Okay. Yeah. Let's say a brand has, you know, 10 products. Okay. 10 SKUs mm-hmm. at a very simple level. What we say to a brand is, because they'll come and say, we want to turn everything on subscriptions or we want to try it with one. And I'm like, look, let's be very simple. Why not first try it out for three months on your top selling brands, top top selling products? Yeah. Okay. That's one thing out the gate. The second thing, which, and this one to me is um, really when we were digging into the data on our customers, we were really like, wow, there's, there's something here. Do you know that if I most merchants we ask in a sales call and an onboarding call, if we ask them of your top selling products, how many customers buy it without subscribing? So they buy more than one time without subscribing. Do you know what the merchant says is the answer? 
Go ahead. They don't know. Ah. Let's be very clear, Daniel, right? Like, that's a very basic metric. Yeah. It basically is saying, do you know the customers that could be subscribers that you aren't offering them something to, right? And so in our onboarding and working with a, with a, with a brand, we'll say, we're going to look at all the customers who are buying repeatedly, but they're not actually subscribing. And we actually have a feature that does this, right, as a part of our, because subscriptions is, let me put it this way. If you take one step back from a first principle standpoint, what are we talking about? We're talking about recurring revenue, like a SaaS company, okay? But this is in D2C. Yeah. Recurring revenue. Okay, recurring revenue can happen through repeat purchase, reorder, or through subscription. Subscription just happens to be a mechanism to enable repeat commerce, okay? But if you look, for example, on Amazon or Uber Eats or DoorDash or whatever it might be, many people order again, buy again without subscribing. But in direct-to-consumer, we don't have that. We have, it basically says, hey, Daniel, you can buy this thing one time or subscribe. Okay, but what if Daniel doesn't want to subscribe, but he wants to reorder? What's the offer? What's the incentive, right? And so what I mean by that is like, these are two examples looking at top selling products and who is reordering them, but not subscribing to understand two basic building blocks of how you build your program for subscriptions that most brands don't do. So they're overcomplicating it with like free gift and do this. And that's all great, but that's a second order strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's a great breakdown. Hey, Budai Nation. Welcome to the Ecom Show. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. And if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic. So it would mean the world to me if you could support us. I hope we can serve our audience in the best way. And now let's jump into the episode. Yeah, so let's say... Uh... They get started with uh, their top selling products for three months and they can see good results and what should happen after. So what we will see after that is you want to try it with different products. And so you might find, for example, of those three products, okay, one is actually not driving and you might find so one, one or two is actually driving a lot of subscriptions. Okay, that's the case. Then build a engagement and acquisition and post-purchase funnel around that. What other offers can you do and test those things? And those kind of tests are like very simple. Like for example, everyone defaults in our business to 20 to 25% as the subscribe and save amount. Hmm. You know how we know that? No, we don't. No one's tested this. <laughs> so for example, every brand out there right now is doing somewhere between 20 and 25%. And if, when I when we ask them, why is it 20 to 25%? And by the way, this is for a, a, a $1,000 item and for a $10 item. Uh, It's, okay. It can't be true that for yeah. two very different AOV products, yeah, yeah. that it's the same discount. So are we testing it? Are we saying, okay, in a three-month uh, time period, can we say, hey, let's try out a, a 15% solution? Could it be, for example, that a free sample actually retains a customer as an example, right? So one thing we're building into our program is what I would call, 
it's once you're subscribed, let's say, for example, you have a number of shipments and orders afterwards. Let's say, say for example, for simplicity's sake, 30-day frequency, so once a month. Do you know when the drop-off happens, usually for subscriptions? I guess after uh, two, three months? 100%, you got it right on the head. Two, on the second or third shipment is when you see the highest churn. Why is that? And when you ask a merchant, they're like, I don't because the customer is still in the consideration phase. And sometimes mm -hmm. they subscribe to get the discount, but they still are not fully bought yeah. into subscribing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now you've locked them in, right? So there are all kinds of ways through reorder um, offers, through different pricing tiers to test these things out the gate because that first three month period is super, super important. So take a step back. The first thing is, which are your products? What's happening? We look at that data and then we say, let's run a three month experiment say, and say, what's actually happening here? But you have to have some hypotheses, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a testing itself for sure. Yeah, I had this experience recently with a skincare company. I, well, um, I can mention their name. It's uh, Lumin Skin from Australia. Yeah, they're and, great. Uh, I think they offer a free sample, which is a very, it's a great offer uh, because they gi give you three samples. And uh, it, I, I guess it's not that cheap for the company to do it. So, and they are from Australia and they ship it to Europe. Uh, so, so yeah, now they are all over the world, but yeah, they do a great job. And, uh, after, uh, it went the, you know, the subscription went to the full price. There is no more discount, no incentive anymore. And it just becomes much more expensive. They charge the card and I don't, I don't even know. I don't even need this product as frequently as they want to ship it to me. So yeah, I just decided to rather, you know, bite every three months or every even six months and that's enough so so yeah i think the setup is just not it could be better yeah um, the pricing the frequency being uh, you know being able to customize the subscription more all, all kinds of things so there are many ways how this can go wrong and Actually, a good subscription program, it's not an easy job, but once you nail it, I think you can really beat your competitors with that. Yeah, so, can I dig in on one thing, if you don't mind, which is really important to what you said? You spoke about frequency. Hmm. In the world of brands that sell on subscription, why is it that generally single or very limited SKU companies with a very high AOV product seem to do much better than companies that have like 10, 15, 20 products. Okay. Mm -hmm. One part of that is focus. Okay. Yeah. But specifically in the health and wellness space, why does specifically that vertical do better? Do you want to know why from our own analysis? It's because when you're buying a vitamin or something you take daily, it's very often that the consumer behavior is a daily behavior. So they don't get mm -hmm. into the issue where they are at the end of the month getting the new shipment and they still have 10 days left in the in their in their in their old order. Yeah. So much lower churn. Okay. So that's the same for true for coffee or other brands. So you spoke about this. The custom frequency is really important. Right now, 
everyone in the solution set defaults to 30, 45, 60, 90, something like that. Yeah, yeah. not more. I don't think. Not more. Yeah. What yeah. if we were able to say, hey, Daniel, actually, we know from how he's like switching the, the shipment dates and all these things, he's more likely a 42-day subscriber. Why yeah. do I care to lock you in? I'm not only locking you in on a payment, I'm locking you in and saying, Daniel, you have to consume every day for 30 days. When you might be, tra you just said you, you traveled to LA for a while, you came back, what did you do with your yeah, subscription? Yeah. And so there's no flexibility in these solutions. And so what we're, we're trying to build in is like, how can you get smarter around custom frequencies for individual customers to lower churn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, do you have a few examples with, you know, real companies where they, you know, those companies added subscriptions and you could see an increase in the LTV or, or the overall revenue retention rate or anything like that? Yeah, so we have it through a couple of our companies who are using our cancellation flows. So if you can think about it, right, very often the main reason, no matter who the brand is and what the product is, the main reason for cancellation is because the, cu the customer has too much product. It's this custom frequency problem. Mm -hmm. and they're like, I'm fed up. I'm going to go cancel. So yeah. in, our, in, our, in our survey flow, it's not just survey, oh, why are you canceling? Click a survey and we get some data. No, it actually says, are you sure you want to cancel? Do you want to delay your shipment? Yeah. Okay. That's, That's now in the cancellation flow, but we need to be moving that up in the funnel. Right? Yeah. So how do we learn that? So one way we're doing it right now is through our reorder feature, which is, before someone even subscribes, when they're buying again, we actually learn. So, for example, there is a subscriber and then there's a, a customer that's buying, say, call it three times, um, but they didn't subscribe. Very interesting, right? They bought three times, didn't subscribe. And then we analyze the time gap between those orders. Let's say between the first and second order, it's 41 days. Between the second and third order, order it's 35 days we average that, then we send a note at the right time scale to say, hey, Daniel, do you want to reorder now? Or you can subscribe at an even deeper discount. Now you're more engaged on the customer's consumption behavior. You're not forcing them. That's one way we're doing that. So we launched that, that feature late last year, and we're starting to see the traction now. So when we sell our subscription solution, we're also selling a reorder feature because they're actually back to first principles. They're fundamentally all about recurring orders. Yeah. Whether you're locked in or not. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it's a huge thing, right? And I think if anyone gets started, then it's one of the first thing to do that uh, you take your returning customers and you try to get them to subscribe to your new subscription program, because those are the easiest customers to to gain as a subscriber that's a great start yeah. right you must you you must know this as well as i do if not even better right i've always i always ask merchants this question of like you know how much are they spending resources wise on money and time and people on like acquiring a customer versus retaining a customer and it's so interesting right even in the last 10 15 years it's still like 
maybe before 10 years ago, it was 90-10, meaning 90% spent on acquisition, 10% on, on, on retention. It's still only 80-20 right now, which is crazy. Even in this market, people are still, they're like not focused on the customer who is coming back to reorder and subscribe over and over again. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I don't know how it was 10 years ago, but I hope this number, it's at least higher somewhat, but it's still very low. So yeah, I just saw this statistic that only 20% of Shopify plus brands, they use SMS marketing, which is a different thing, but SMS has a great ROI, probably the best ROI in the US now, and still uh, only 20% of the Shopify plus brands, which, which are the biggest brands. So not to mention can the smaller can nuance. Can I nuance what you said from our from what we yeah. see in our own data? And, yeah, and by the way, my, our head of product came from Clavio SMS, so he led that unit. So yeah. we've seen the data that compares email and SMS. Yeah. On average, email is still a much higher conversion than SMS. That is proven yeah. out in the data. But That's interesting. Here's, here's the nuance. Here's the nuance. Mm. For specific demographics and cohorts of customers, SMS has a much higher conversion rate. So the so the so the answer is and not a it's not it's not conflicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the overall across any average customer, okay, it's email by far and away. But when you dig in SMS on specific customer sets, depending on the brand, sometimes younger customer sets, right? Younger demographic. Yeah certain generational pieces, certain products, right? But that's overall what we see. So it, it needs to be a in tandem email with SMS, but you have to have the right segmenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, and it also depends on the brand. So we have a few clients where SMS outperforms email, and now the pop-up sign-up forms, they are connected to SMS, and email wow. is just secondary. So. You know, it, it, it really depends. And I'm pretty sure we can find brands where subscription is much bigger than email or SMS. So that's right. You know, every story is different. Um, right. My last question today. So if anyone wants to get started with your company, with Upscribe, where they should go and uh, how does it work? Yeah. So happy to go to our website and you can just schedule some time to connect with one of us to do a, a quick demo or you can I, we can connect you to get onboarded. So they can either email support at upscribe.io, so support at upscribe.io, or go to the website and you can click a, a you know schedule a demo. And we can go ahead and get um, information over to the brand. Super simple process to get onboarded, and we also try to be um, people that we don't want to sell past what we have. A lot of things in the market, people are saying we oh we have these cool. We'll tell yeah. you what we have, what we don't have, and how we differ, how we're good and how we're, you know, there might be a better solution for you. So we're very yeah. focused on like, who is the customer for us? We don't want to be everything to everybody. Yeah. 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 Do you work only with Shopify brands or, or not exclusively? That's right. For now. Yeah. Um, we may say, yeah. we may expand later, but I think for now we want to focus on, and I, you know, we have a long experience working with different platforms that we find Shopify yeah. to be the most robust. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, so um, upscribe.io, I will put the link into the description so everyone can find it and uh, try out this uh, subscription platform. And it was a great talk, so thanks a lot for uh, sharing these insights. And I think the market still needs a lot of education about subscriptions.
Yes, I think it's do. highly underrated, even more than email and SMS. Um, so, so yeah, this is a very interesting topic. And before I go, so I will put one more link into the description. I uh, collected our uh, top 100 emails that we sent out for our e-commerce clients. Until now, we sent out almost a half a billion emails. So this is the top 100 from those. And uh, I will put the link into the description. You can go there and check it out as well. And finally, thanks again. And everyone have a great day. You too. Thanks, Daniel.